I texted you like, so what, what's your take on yeah. it? And you haven't told me yet. But, did you um, really? My bad. Yeah. I missed it. Or who did I reply to? Because I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my god! Because you're right. I did not reply to you. Yeah. So somewhere out there is someone who's like, what in the world is Ron talking about? When the choice seems to be to tear down the church or build a wall around it, we aim to walk the narrow road of nuance through the wilderness between the warring factions and try to figure out what it means to love God and people well. So, Ryan, you sent me an article this week to read. Why don't you tell us about this article? Yeah, you done that. Yeah, so we've we've talked a bit, um, maybe a lot. We have talked a bit. And a lot. <laughs> uh, you know, back in August, we've been doing this for three years. And... Is it really? Wow. It is. We started in August of 2020. Wow. Go figure. Um, you know, because there was nothing else to do in 2020. So <laughs> That's true. <laughs> this was something we'd been talking about doing for years before and finally did it after talking around a fire pit. So, it... Uh, in those years, we have discussed Christian art a good bit of times. Um, part of that's our background, both being music lovers, um, playing in Christian rock bands, being active in, in, I guess, many things that have artistic sides to them even. Yep. And yeah, so so there's there's been conversations. We've even talked a little bit with, um, of course, Josh Porter's been on. We've talked about Christian art from that perspective and talked a lot about how it seems like it's watered down a lot of times and, and mm-hmm. maybe missing the realness. Um, that our conversation that with, uh, with Andy Ziff was very much yeah about yep. that. And, and Nail Glover of HM mm-hmm. magazine to some degree also a lot, lot of overlap in those conversations. Yeah. We, we focused a lot on it, even kind of our last, I guess what we called season two, there were a lot of conversations around that and, and what that should look like. And, and, uh, I don't know. It's something that stood out to me in, in, for many reasons, you know, making sure the message has integrity in, in a couple ways, you know, but one of the most important ways is making sure the message is accurately conveyed. And I think about things in scripture that have a serious message that the way we talk about it, you might miss that. Noah's mm-hmm. art comes to mind. You know, we've made it this cute little thing with a bunch of animals shoved in a little boat. And when you talk about it that way and put the pictures up in the kids' nursery, you miss the seriousness of what happened there. Mm-hmm. Like it was the wrath of God poured out on people. And, and and I say that specifically. I remember going to the ark a couple of years ago. The ark, excuse me. Um, it's hard to talk about art and ark without confusing those apparently. <laughs> but we went to the ark and saw this room they had devoted um, there in Kentucky to to that message. Like one of the best things Satan can do is convince you this is a, a cute little story instead of God's wrath poured out on people. Because mm-hmm. um, then you start questioning if it's really real, because how could this happen, right? And so, sorry, a little bit of a side there, but you know, th- there's all these things that um, come up when we talk about Christian art and I think things to pay attention to. And I came across a, a YouTube video yesterday referencing an article um, is John Cooper from Skillet who who was talking about the article but the article uh, was on a, a website I was unfamiliar with called newreleasetoday.com they talk about Christian music and a guy named Kevin McNeese wrote an article titled what the bleep is happening to Christian music and 
yeah, I found it very interesting based on some conversations I've had with friends, um, you know, things I've had as an artist, you know, you know, things I've put in songs and then been like, eh, you know, <laughs> should I? Um, yeah. But then also just the way we handle ourselves and both those things are brought up in this article. And so, you know, I'm, I'm hearing it, I'm looking through it. Um, it even kind of calls out an artist that I really appreciate and respect. And so I have different feelings on it, but I did, I sent it to you because of just the conversations we have had and thought you might find it uh, an interesting read at a minimum and insightful maybe at a maximum. I, I, did, I did find it interesting. How would yeah. you summarize the article? So, man, it's hard to summarize, but I will try because they go a few different places that I think are interesting. Uh, one thing they do is talk about, you know, a few years back, this trend of just kind of using words that might not be, uh, that might make you have to put an explicit label on the song, right? Um, profanity. And how that was, the what now? Pro profanity. Yeah, yeah, parental advisory required, yeah. right? And um, having that on there and separating audience and, um, you know, the, the, the kind of things there, which I, I understand, um, have different thoughts on, not that I'm, I'm right or wrong on any of them. And I'm sure we'll talk through some of that more, but they talk about that, but then they talk about this more prevalent shift now to almost living however you want. And, and they talk specifically about a few, a few things, some of which we've even mentioned on here. But one of the things they talk about is that capital Christian music group which is, I guess, the largest producer and publisher of Christian music, mm. is owned by a secular label, right. I guess, which is not you know, a huge surprise, but this is the one that puts out um, you know, huge people you've heard of, right? Newsboys, Hillsong, Chris Tomlin, Toby Mac, Amy Grant, like all these people we've heard out about of, but they put out a couple new things, which this site is monitoring you know, Christian music, new releases, but they reference a song um, and video from Dante Bow, who I'm not real familiar with. Um, I'm only familiar with him because of a second artist I'll mention in a minute. But in Dante's Dante Bow's uh, video, they talk about you know dozens of scantily clad women partying in sexual poses, and the lyrics really being driven by desire, companionship, and they say arguably lust. And then the album is full of. You know, some of these songs like this, but then also great worshipful songs. Mm -hmm. And so he's, you know, John Cooper, the way he put it, I think in his video, he's talking about, you know, there's this dichotomy of you got worship and then you've got twerking, you know, in this video, basically. And <laughs> twership, worship of something, <laughs> right? Um, uh. But yeah, so it's interesting. And, th and then they go on to call out Judah, um, which I'm, uh, you know, it's Judah Akers is a, a writer. He's the front man for a very popular, um, I guess what you would consider a secular band. I, I think we've talked about how I feel on some of those terms on here before, and you feel maybe, but um, he, he is a Christian, and he writes and is the front man for a band called Judah and the Lion, which I am a huge fan of, have seen you know, live multiple times, but then he has this project called Judah, period. It's just Judah with a, a period at the end, and he writes some very worshipful music, and he just put out a song not too long ago called Beatitudes that drops the F-bomb in it. Um, and so they talk about just kind of some of these instances and, and you know, potentially pushing it. And 
and, and then this defense of it, which again, tough area. We'll talk through it, but he kind of he kind of makes the comment in this article. Imagine defending that a song loses its impact if you don't include that word. Hmm. And then it's like, well, what does that say about your song if it all hinges on that word? Mm-hmm. Which is an interesting thing to think about. Yeah. Anyway, they they give kind of a defense to that. They call out some stuff. It's a great article. I, I don't want to read the whole thing, even though I just gave probably way more than I needed to for a summary. <laughs> but it's interesting, and I think it raises some things to talk about because I've had the thought. You know, I've I don't know that I've ever been in, tempted to put the drop the f bomb in a song, but but there's been times where I'm like, man, this is what I want to say. You know, I had a conversation <laughs> with a friend the other day who had written something and was like, you know what? No, I think we're going to change it because I just don't know that it's worth it. Hmm. And, you know, there's wisdom and stuff in that, right? Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, I've said a lot. So (laughs) what what are your thoughts based on reading it and some of what I said maybe there? Well, as we have talked about, I feel like ad nauseum by this point, that there (laughs) there is a need for honesty in Mm -hmm. art made by people of faith because otherwise you never really get to the core of of the real issues that we're messing with and the real you know messiness of the human experience so that that is true and that also that scripture itself is very r-rated for lack of a better term it's it, it uses you know it doesn't read the same way to us a lot of the time but uh there's very caustic what they would have thought caustic inappropriate language employed quite a few times and you know, there's the there's quite a bit of violence. There's quite a bit of um, explicit sexuality, positive and negative, in in the scriptures. And I know that like um, some people would say, well, that's the Bible. Obviously, you can't hold it to the same standard. And 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 maybe there's some truth in that. But also, it it was people nudged by the Holy Spirit to write things down. And we find ourselves right. in a similar position. I don't mean that something I put out is going to be on the same level of Scripture, but if we're talking about these were just people empowered and led by the Spirit of God to do something. So yeah. in that sense, there's there's overlap there. So throw all that out there. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm in the position of really kind of having two minds about it, as, as we do about a lot of the things we talk about, of trying to, you know, arrive at a conclusion through wisdom, which, which I mean, you have to know everything that's on the table, I think, to a certain degree. And that I certainly have a shelf for somebody saying, I wanted to express myself raw and, and visceral and really not sugarcoat it and really just use the strongest language I could to communicate something. Like I, have, I have a shelf for that, and I, I get it. I get why people yeah. want to do that. I also get why somebody would react negatively to that and say that's that's pro- you're profaning what you're talking about by using that kind of language. And I don't think either one is necessarily wrong or right. I remember um, uh, the band P.O.D. has a song on, mm-hmm. I think it's the song Murdered Love, or was that the name of the album? Anyway, this is a few years ago. Or both. Was it the song Murdered Love off the album Murdered Love? <laughs> I, I probably should have looked this up. Well, there is a P.O.D. song off that album where uh, Sonny uses the F word. Yeah. And I remember somebody reacting to it. And and, and he, he said the same thing. He's like, man, I just I had to express the depth of what we were talking about. And I remember reading somebody's reaction to it. And they said, like, I, I get where you're coming from. I just can't get down with seeing that word in the same sentence as the name of my Savior. I just can't get there. Mm-hmm. You know, it was said respectfully, but I was like, oh, hey, that's that's a powerful statement, and I, I, I get it. 
You know, yeah. Like I, I, I see what you're saying, and so in a similar way with with this article, um, I kind of had a similar feeling where I think there are instances in which it is up to the person to decide whether or not they want to risk it. I feel mm-hmm. like there were two different th- threads in this article. One was the the admonition to the Christian artist that like, dude, if you do, if you if you do this, you are going to alienate a number of people who just cannot get on your level, and that that's a right. risk. And yeah. I think part of what we see is that there, and, and this is the second part of it, is that there is this ever-growing thread of people feeling like they have a right to self-expression and that that is the highest ideal. And for Christian people who are making art, you do not have the right to anything. Everything you have is a gift. Your life is not your own, and you were bought with a price. So anything that you have, anything that you do, you do it for the glory of God, or you don't do it at all, as as the Scripture teaches us. And I don't mean that that means that you know, you have to have X amount of Jesus's per minute in your song or that you're obliged to write or talk about some things and not others. I think that's silly. Uh, to quote Bono of you 2 why should we let pornographers have the last word on sex? I think that right. I think that believers should be talking and writing about sex in a way that reflects God's design for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but the call then is to do it without being crass. <laughs> right. And so, so I, I think what I... There are some other folks that um, that this article mentions by way of criticism, Derek Webb, for example, and uh, Flamey Grant, that it seemed like where they were coming from was, oh. I should be able to express myself however I dang well please, and if you have a problem with it, you're like you're in the wrong, basically. And yeah. that that's obviously wrong. So I, I feel like that th- those two threads are what was happening. That on the one hand... There was this like, yeah, I get what you're saying. I just think you're going to alienate people. And part of that was because the the author seemed to say there's an overall trend of people just feeling like they're entitled to put whatever they want out there and that they can't be criticized for it. And this kind of flirts with that. That was the impression that I got. And I understand the point there, too. Yeah. I mean, it's tough to. To watch people like Derek Webb now, Um you know, coming from way back, Cademan's call, who who is pretty solid, um, to even and and didn't seem to shy away from that, to even his early stuff, um, which was pretty provocative in a way, but not blatant. What's the word? Disregard for mm-hmm. for people or, or things. You know, I mean, he he's got a song. Maybe we've talked about it on here. That um, is it called wedding dress. Uh, that says, you know, I am a whore, I do confess, I put you on just like a wedding dress and run down the aisle. Like, that's saying something, mm, you know, about yeah. the way we treat, our, you know, our relationship with God and, and use Him in ways. And, and so you have something like that, and then, you know, now I'll be I'll be honest, I haven't followed Him too much lately um, since He kind of denounced His faith, and I guess now He's exploring it again. It's tough to see because, you know, you almost wonder when you see people... um trying to say this in a way that just doesn't make me sound like a a jerk i think you said something earlier you said i kind of have two minds about this and um i get what you're saying and i agree in many ways i I think as artists we're called to take that and figure out okay well what's the mind of christ in each scenario Mm, yeah and you've got people who um 
I think or saw it and have said some good things, but I think if you're not so in tune or if you're not abiding, kind of to reference our, our last episode, in a way where you can hear that, what you start doing is pursuing things that you think are going to maybe make your point, but maybe it's more about being noticed mm-hmm. than, than making the right point. Um, yeah. Or maybe it's more about making your point than, than the point that we should be trying to make. Um, yeah, we've talked before too. That makes sense, but it, it does. Uh, we we've talked too before about um, when we grew up, we were we were subject to what I would call a lot, what I would characterize now as religious propaganda masquerading as art. And I don't think necessarily that people did that on purpose. It the message became more important than the form of it, and. I feel like a lot of it was very much made for people who already agreed with it. And I have the similar feeling about people. I, I don't know Derek Webb, but that is very much how he comes off is he is not interested in convincing anybody of anything. He seems yeah. more interested in making statements that he knows that his current fan base are going to resonate with. And I'm not saying he's doing that, that in a calculated way that just the way that he handles himself, the way that he communicates is is very seems to me anyway as somewhat antagonistic towards people who don't uh agree with him on like from the get-go yeah. and I, I just i don't think i i think anytime anybody criticizes something that he does he seems to take that as validation that he's doing the right thing because oh of course the people who don't like this are the people who are in the wrong so i can dismiss them that's that's the sense that i mm-hmm. get of that and in a similar way yeah. it, it's it's like the the movie Fireproof that came out however many years ago, it it's not great <laughs> from from like a movie from the craft of cinema perspective. The message was right. good, the the intent was good, but it's like when you I don't know, man. And th- this is this is so tricky. I just feel like when you start with the message or the ideology, and then you try and hang the art off of that, it compromises both. And that you end up just making something that uh, are going to get high fives from the people who already agree with it. Yeah, I could be wrong about that, but but that that's no. that's the sense that I get. And so I think part of what the article was saying is that they feel like some some of these folks are pandering to an audience rather than it being an honest self expression. They know that that's going to score them points with like putting the f word in a song is going to score points with the deconstruction crowd. It just is. You know, oh, they're yeah. not uptight with their language. They're, they're they're real like me and maybe there's some truth to that. And may, maybe if that's maybe if that's the reality of it, that's not a big deal, but I think the criticism is there and it, it carries weight that like are you, are you aware also of who potentially you're pandering to by doing this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, there there's there's so much um we have two hours for this episode, right? Yeah, three. Um, <laughs> there's so much there because it's it's you're right. It's not even that the message of the the movies isn't important. Um, to to your point about fireproof, but how distracting it is it when the acting or maybe the lyrics, if you want to look at it from a song standpoint or the script from a movie standpoint do not accurately convey or match the importance of the message. Mm -hmm. 
it almost makes it seem like you didn't think the message was important enough to get it right. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and I, and I say that that sounds so un, un like graceful and I don't like the way it sounds. So, you know, I, I apologize for that, but well, I remember hearing as a young person that, you know, as soon as you get to college, you're going to get in class and that professor is going to try to tear your faith apart. And maybe that happened yeah. to some other people. It never happened to me. What happened to me was much more insidious, which is you suddenly realize, oh, nobody's checking up on me. And all these people that I'm around that are pretty cool and are doing stuff that seems fun are just like, yeah, man, we don't care what you believe. That's fine. Yeah. But it's the subtle pull towards... It's the subtle pull away from your faith that trips up a lot of people, more so than the militant atheist professor. And there's a particular movie that has this scene where, like, the Christian kid is in class and he stands up to the atheist professor who has this big cathartic, you know, moment where he realizes he's been wrong. And I just don't, I just don't know how realistic that kind of stuff is to what actually happens to most of us out in the world. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I mean, there's, there's cases for sure, you know, um, had a philosophy professor where there were some some deep discussions now was it the way that was portrayed and, and i'm guessing you're referencing like god's not dead was that the movie maybe yeah i think so um and and yeah you know you have things like that and, and i here's the deal. i don't i don't want to bash any of those because i get what they're trying to do mm-hmm. well i get what i hope they're trying to do I hope it's not about exploiting a market to get profit because there's that side of it too, and I don't want to go there. But well, um, no, but l- let's go there because that's the concern. Okay. That's the concern about this other stuff we're talking about too. Really, it is. Well, yeah, it on- is. Because, honesty in the name of what? Yeah, because I mean, are are you just trying to keep a foot in both you know ends of the pool so that you can get profit from both margins? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that, people do that. Yeah. So that, oh, you know, this guy likes to twerk, so he's going to watch my music video, but he's also a Christian, and I'm not alienating anyone. And if you're not alienating anyone, I'm sorry, your art's probably not saying much of anything. Um, (laughs) It's just just not, and I don't say that as someone who has written a bunch of great stuff. I've written some stupid songs and performed (laughs) them for people. I'm going to take this moment to publicly apologize for that because, you know, I'm like, you know, I sit here and talk about maybe the lyrics aren't that great, but I've rhymed like park and dark before in a song. So like, (laughs) I'm speaking from experience here, but I, uh, yeah, I just, I I don't know. There's a, uh, oh, what was the big, the Hamilton? Did you ever watch it or see it or? No, it's not the kind of thing that would interest me. Yeah, I, I'm not big into the the musical thing. There's some I really like. Like I'm a I'm a fan of Les Mis, and mm-hmm. you know, th- th- there's a few here and there. Um, Hamilton, I was not going to watch. I finally did. Thought it was good. Um, the way they did it, it, it was it was well done. Took, mm-hmm. You know, we went and saw it live, even in in Little Rock. But um, what what? How does he say it? There, there's a line in there where he's you know, basically talking to the guy, and he says, if if you stand for nothing what will you fall for yeah um and it's like man you know what that's something to take note of and who knows i may have just butchered it maybe that's not what he said <laughs> at all but it was something to that effect and it's like you know I, I think that's part of it like if we're called to have integrity in in what we do to be of the mind of christ and we start doing things that are, are questionable that 
do not give the, the world a reason to not, you know, throw judgment at us, which is biblical, right? Mm-hmm. Then why shouldn't people question us? Yeah. You know? Um, I remember us talking about at different times being uncomfortable with the level of sexualization that was occurring with this or that artist or this or that context. Christians. Yeah. I remember um, seeing a music video by a Christian band, like straight up Christian in the market, doesn't play other places, Christian band a number of years ago. And it was the same kind of thing as there were people in their video that was like, what? This... That that's a little risque the way these people are dressed, or mm-hmm. similarly like uh, the what was it the Christmas special that Hillsong did a couple of years back where they had all these people dancing very suggestively oh, yeah. and 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 dr- dressed more scantily than you would expect from a church. <laughs> it's just yeah. stuff like that, or or uh, this article talking about this video with all these women dancing around, or like uh, bro, you that shirt, it, a gentleman. You're in good shape, but that shirt is unbuttoned a very long way down. (laughs) Oh, man. And and I don't even know how much of this makes sense or how much of it is constructive. It's just... (laughs) I I think we're right to notice and to be concerned about some of these things, not in a judgmental way, because like you say, we've all... I mean, I I did the three buttons down thing there for a minute, and I regret it. (laughs) It was a a poor decision. It wasn't modest. (laughs) And I don't have, there's nothing to look at here anyway. But <laughs> I, I think the reaction on the part of a lot of people that anytime there's a suggestion of accountability to come to immediately like bow up and say, well, you, you can't stifle my self-expression. And I suppose my, I suppose my reaction to that is just to say, well, you, we don't actually have the right to self-expression. We have the right to follow the spirit of God where he's leading and listen to the mind of Christ. And he is gracious enough to allow us to reflect in many diverse and beautiful ways, his, his beauty and the complexity of his creation. And that's a, you know, to be a sub creator under him. And that, that's a, that's a great responsibility. I feel like, and maybe that's part of it is that sometimes it feels like that we're, we're a little too cavalier about the responsibility that comes with it. Yeah. I think so, es- especially when it's just become so big in industry. Hmm. You know, I think every now and then there's a movie, a Christian movie that is done well, you know, or, or a series. I think The Chosen has done pretty well. Yeah. One of my favorite, what you would call a Christian movies that's been put out in- anywhere near recent would be a film called Ragamuffin mm-hmm. um, that portrays the life of Rich Mullins. And it's, it's real and it's it's pretty raw. It shows a side of him that isn't pretty that people didn't know about, but for a good reason. And and there's a part of it where he, uh, I, I think it's in it, this. Who knows? This could have been a live thing. I think they show it in in the movie as well. But I think it was based on an actual concert where he basically, you know, would stop stop singing and just start talking very regularly. I think mm-hmm. the label did not like that, but he he made a comment like I, I don't know why y'all look up to us. Christian musicians like I know us and you shouldn't you know and quite frankly stuff like that is what makes me look up to them in a way you know just being able to be that real and raw but you know I I think there are others who are less aware of that in there and and think there's something great and 
you know, again, it's an industry. There's people there for money. You've got Mm -hmm. to know that. And I don't know. I think what good art does or a good artist does is it puts words or images to our unconscious thoughts in a way Mm -hmm. that we can't quite articulate ourselves. I remember um, it was either Mike Shinoda or Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park, of all people. Yeah. Yeah. With their first couple albums, or maybe the first three, they didn't curse on them. Now, these are guys, that none of whom are believers as far as I know, and were very much in the modern rock world and still are of like, you know, they, they don't have a reason, any kind of moral reason to keep, obs- quote, obscenity out of their lyrics. Right. But one of them was talking about that, he said, you know, I would much rather think about a more eloquent way of expressing the thought behind a filthy word than just using a filthy word. Hmm. And I, th- I thought that was really interesting. Now they, they've since you know put cuss words in their music, which whatever, they can do what they want to. But I just thought right. that was an interesting motivation behind their art. And I think maybe that's what we're getting at here, yeah. is that arguably should you be able to put the F-bomb in your song? Yeah, I, I actually think so. I, I don't have a problem with that. But also knowing that like maybe it's a wiser decision. Maybe you can do that. Maybe it's permissible, but maybe it's not beneficial, especially yeah. in the cultural moment we're in. Maybe we should be willing to lay down our right to self-expression so that we can actually yeah. edify people and connect people. And maybe the, these folks that we're talking about, maybe that's what they did. And they said, you know, there's a, there are people out there with their guard up and, you know, to, to put it a different way, like they'll never come to church, but if I buy them a beer at a bar, they'll listen to me. Or they will never listen to my music if I don't put this in here. And that's how I'm going to reach them. Hey, like that's between the, you and the Lord, I think. But your posture, the way that you handle yourself, is between you and me, or you and everybody <laughs> around yeah. you. And I, I think maybe that's that's part of where the disconnect is. Is like the part of this is bet- in between you and God, and in between the people in your circle who love you and hold you accountable. But the way that you conduct yourself and communicate your character in public, like that's that's between you and all of us. And that is what I think part of what we're calling into question. Yeah, I think so. And and I and I referenced this earlier. I went on and looked it up just to because I think it's good to to look at scripture when we you know, that's an important thing. Yeah. Um but in in First Peter two, uh starting at verse eleven, it says, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which war which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God in the day of visitation. Um, I I think that's a little bit pertinent. I mean, obviously Mm -hmm. there's a context for that, but somewhat similarly, I think we live in an age where there are people looking for every little thing they can. Um, And I don't know that as followers, we always do a good job of living in a way that prevents us from having, uh, I don't know if accusations is the word, Mm -hmm. but you know, things thrown at us, let's put it that way. I think uh, the phrase above reproach comes to mind, which gets mm. thrown around in Christian circles a lot. And I think what what I've come to understand, and I could be wrong, but that living above reproach does not mean you never mess up and never make mistakes, but that the content of your character is not in question. Your integrity, yeah. your, your core identity is built on Christ. And you will mess up, you will make stupid mistakes, even egregious mistakes, but that the person that you are known for, you know, like that, that dude's solid. 
that that girl mm-hmm. that girl's one of the good ones, whatever. And I think some of these folks like Josh Porter's a good example. His art goes too yeah. far, I think sometimes, and I would tell him as much. Like some of it is not for me; it goes beyond what I find constructive. But if you do not think that dude is not on his knees every day of his life, yeah. uh, you, you would be dead wrong. And I've yeah. all the ways, all the interactions I've had of him. That I've seen him handle himself and handle other people in public. I I would gladly tell anybody that that dude is one of the real ones. And no, I don't always agree with, you know, his how far he, his stance on everything or his theology or how far he pushes his art. But I know where it's coming from, and I'll back that any day of the week. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and it's easier to know that. I mean, when you know people are seeking God's guidance in what they're doing, you know, not just their art but everything that they're doing. Then it's a little easier when something comes across to say, you know what? I'm sure there's a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I may not love it, but I know that that person felt that was important. You know, mm-hmm. now the, so you can't make everybody happy, right? No. No. And, but, you know, I, I think, again, to, to kind of reference that last episode, if, if we're abiding and seeking the mind of Christ, I, I don't know, it's probably harder to get stuff like that wrong. <laughs> I mean, I may still find a way. But. I think you might be on to something. Nah, I don't know. All right. Well, that's going to do it for episode 42 of the Unbetween podcast. As always, we thank you for listening. We do apologize for taking a little bit of a break. I know some of you have been enjoying the episodes focused around the Beatitudes or the Unbeatitudes, I guess we could call them. Um, and we're going to get back to that, we promise. But just with some of this in the news and some things that are going on, we thought there were other things worth taking a break to talk through. So thanks for bearing with us. We will get back to that. We also would love to hear what you think. I know what we're talking about today, what we did talk about is a little bit of a divisive issue. And we're seeing that and we're hearing about that. Obviously, there's different viewpoints. So we'd love to hear from you. Reach out to us. You can email us at unbetweenpodcast at gmail.com. Search Unbetween Podcast on Instagram or Facebook, and you'll find us, and then Unbetween Pod on Twitter. Again, we'd love to hear from you, so please do reach out. And, yeah, we'll see you on the next one.